Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Harry Jobson. The one and only. Uh, and Barney uh, Metcalf has flaked on us again. Uh, he's, he, can't, he's, can't, he can't do it. And it's a shame because uh, he's going to be very positive, I feel like, at least about some of this. And so... This is part two of our Christopher Nolan filmography retrospective. I apologize that the last episode was a couple days late. I was sick, and, uh, and thus I just didn't have the energy to edit, you know, as, 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 as it is. This week we're talking about The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, and The Dark Knight Rises. Now, I've seen this film before. Have you seen it before? I'd never this watched or... it in my life. I finished it oh. ten minutes ago. I finished it ten minutes okay. ago. So um, yeah. yeah, so I just wanna like did you know anything cause this is I mean, this is interesting because this is what the, the show used to be. Like my whole idea for this show was get people and have them watch films they've never seen before and cover it for the show. And I've kind of stopped doing that, but since you've never seen the prestige, like did you have it's any kinda... preconceived did you have any like preconceived ideas of what it was? Like, did you did you know the twist? Is the real question. No, no, I knew, I knew. This is what I knew going into it when I right. briefly spoke about it with one of my um film uh, other friends who studies film down in Sydney. I I told him that oh yeah I was doing after watch the Prestige and I never watched it, and he said uh, he tried not to give it away, but he told me that mm-hmm. it was going to be. Basically, he said it's about the obsession of being remembered and the mm-hmm. obsession of one-upping each other, basically. And I was like, that, that's all he told me. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty basic. Um, yeah. But, but he, so I, he didn't I, tell you it was about magicians or anything? Though. No, he was quite cryptic. Um, no, he did mm. tell me. I knew it was about magi- magicians. Because when I okay, yeah. hop, when I hopped on to watch it, it said magicians, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well." Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> and Michael Caine's in it, so there's like he was in the Now You See Me films, so of course it's going to be. <laughs> They're doing uh, the third one of those, so we may have to cover them at some point. When I'm actually keen. I love. The, I actually quite like the Now You See Me films. I've never seen them, people. so I think it would be, and I don't think Barney see them either. And I think it'd be an interesting perspective. Imagine, so I've heard of them, but I'm not seeing. Yeah, them, they're not amazing. They're quite. They feel quite <laughs> like cheap magic, but but it's still good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the Prestige. I watched this a couple years ago for the first time. I was aware there was a twist. I did not know what the twist was, and so I knew there was a twist. I did not know the twist beforehand. I but I was sort of like. What is I was sort of trying to I remember like is what is the twist gonna be and, and there's sort of a couple different twists to it really uh, yeah. the main one being <clears throat> that Christian Bale uh, has a twin Ooh, uh, which I, there was well, a body double yeah um I mean yeah I mean I really really like I love the Prestige I think the Prestige is an a, a fantastic film. I can't. Yeah, I, I, I think the prestige is wonderful. Based on how you were talking about it just before we started, you're also a very big fan of it. I loved it. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite good. I, I, 
as we delve deeper into Nolan's catalogue, he is, what, mm-hmm. what would you say, of war, of um, his body Oeuvre, of work. Something. Oeuvre, oeuvre, I don't know. I don't um, know. Some, it's, I think it's... Of, no, um, yeah, he's oeuvre, <laughs> oeuvre. I understand the criticisms that some of the female characters in the films are quite <laughs> underdeveloped. Um, yes. That being said, they're not the protagonist, like, or the <laughs> antagonist. I think and... most of his characters, yeah, we sort of touched on this last week, where I and think just... sort of beyond the protagonist, and even sometimes including the protagonist, his characters aren't that great, but like, I don't think but it they matters. Feel, but they fill the role. My thoughts on it from a narrative perspective, I quite liked it. Uh, although, mm-hmm. and this isn't me again trying to sound like big brained, like I knew, I saw the twist coming. I knew, like, I think you can tell almost from the beginning that what what was his character? It's been ten minutes. All I'm thinking about is like, <clears throat> I can't even think of the character. Hugh Jackman's um character, Robert Angie. You can almost tell from <clears throat> the beginning that he doesn't die there. Like, <clears throat> like I always like I in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so he's going to show up at the prison. I didn't. I didn't <clears throat> see. I th- like. Because you're left in your mind thinking the whole time, like, how, how does Christian Bale's character do that uh, if he doesn't use a body double? Because we're constantly being fed the idea that there is well, no body double. I think I, I like the way that we're not shown it. Yeah. Like, it cuts away. Because I think if we're shown, I think if we were shown what it was, I think that would sort of change a perspective on it. Like, we'd be like, hmm. Like, well, they they, they, they think... explain that a lot within the film. Something this film does yeah. a lot is sort of explain itself, but be like, it's magic. Where Christian Bale's character <laughs> says, if I show you the trick, they won't admire you anymore. The, they don't want to know the secret. Like they, <clears throat> The secret isn't what makes it great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's the trick that, that the secret like serves. And it's the same mm-hmm. with... Uh, he also mentioned to jump literally to like the final line of the film. He <laughs> explains the film as a magical act in a three act structure. Because like there's three yeah. acts to any magic trick. There's yeah. the what is it? When they show you the bird or whatever, the Yeah. The magic of it, the wonder, the discovery, the what the meat of it, and then the prestige, the twist at the end. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 three sort of parts of a magic trick are the pledge. The yeah. magician shows you something ordinary. The turn, something happen, happens yeah. and makes it extraordinary. And then the prestige, which is bringing it back, which is the hardest part. And I mean, yeah, that's kind of what the... I mean, the film, yeah, is the structure of a magic trick, you know? And I think, and I think like, structurally, the film really works at that. I, I think the film, as a piece of writing, is pretty great you know i um i think there's a lot like like i think this is a film where i mean the twist is easy to figure out like pretty early on but i feel like yeah and i guess that depends if that hampers your enjoyment or not like if you're willing I don't think it does either. I think, I I think it creates 
like a further appreciation of like the craftsmanship that took to go into like making this film. Although I think from a narrative perspective, in my head canon, uh like Hugh Jackman's character still wins. <laughs> like in my head he wins. Like because Christian right. Bale's character did die, one of them at least. Yeah. I mean, we don't, like, yeah, we don't know which one, but yeah. That's a 50% W. <laughs> that's like, that's a pass. <laughs> you <can> take it. <coughs> mm. I think this film is really dark at times. Like, I love the whole. I mean, for those who haven't seen it, I don't know why you're here, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, two two magicians are, are against each other uh, because not because um, Robert Angie's wife dies, uh, which you know I I think that's oh. a a deep it's you know, it's like it I'm works. I'm led to believe to that get... Christian Bale's character does kill them as well. But... Yeah, there's just lot. It's it's about well, not just about magic. It's more about Robert uh, obsession with figuring out this trick and how it's done, even. No, it's so very simple, you know. Um, and I, I mean, I think this is the film that really sold me on Hugh Jackman. Because b- beforehand, I was like, he's a he's a decent actor, but this was the first time that I was like, oh, he's a really good actor. You know, yeah. this is the first time I thought he's a fan- he's a fantastic acting talent. Um, Watch the Greatest Showman. <laughs> I have not seen. The Greatest Showman, um, <laughs> you know, because I and I mean, I think Christian Bale is great in it. I think Christian Bale uh, again is another is a really really great actor, um, and I think he's really great in this. You got severe David of... Bowie in this, which is, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big. I've been listening through David Bowie's uh, catalog of albums, and he's pretty great pretty hard to, to dislike David Bowie as a... And I think he's a nice addition, even though if he... I mean, no, he he does need to be there. Like, you do need yeah. David Bowie. It's just an interesting casting choice, I guess. Yeah. It was just... A, for, for an, especially this era of Nolan, but for a Nolan film, there yeah. was a severe lack of Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Because mm. I noticed the other films that we all. talk about, the other films we talk about today, they're in the other ones. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael Caine is only real regular actor. I mean, Christian Bale is used already. Michael Caine has been in, he wasn't in. Michael I think Caine's... he's been in every single one since Batman Begins. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I was I was almost had the goal to say he wasn't in Inception, which he definitely is. Um, he he is in Inception, yeah. yeah. Forgettable character, but yeah. Mm. I I mean a lot of Michael Caine's acting work in Nolan films are, are just small side parts that could be played by anybody, and he just wants kind of just Michael plays Caine Alfred. In. Yeah, I'm still just trying to think in my head whether I misconstrued it. Did he mm-hmm. just have a lot of body doubles, or was he cloning himself? He was cloning himself. That was what I the thought whole exactly thing. that. But like, <laughs> surely you just would get the clones to do your bidding, then. 
<laughs> like, why would you put yourself in harm's way like that? Like, you well, have an endless I... supply of clones. <laughs> um... No, that's getting too far into the science fiction of it, but... um. I yeah, mean, he's, no. yeah. I mean, I sort of think the original Robert Angier dies because of the way the magic trick's done because he falls into, like, that vat of water and then he appears from elsewhere. So then the original... Because that's what he's doing, is he's dropping all the others into, like, vats of water where they drown and die and then there's a clone version of him elsewhere, I think. I mean, that's just my... I, that's just sort of how I look at it. Um, I think you could sort of yeah. look at it in a couple different ways. I think ways, he clones yeah, himself clone. beforehand, gets the clone to do it, and then he has two clones. One that, like, one that's just... I, I don't know. Hold up. Wait. You've got a great point. Did he kill himself the first time he tried it, and then every other time it's just been a clone of him? And he's just cloning a clone? I think that's... It's not explicitly stated, but I think that's what's implied, is that... Well, and I, mean, I get dropping I them. What... I get dropping them into Cause... the vat of water. I mean, don't get me wrong; like you've got to kill them, but mm -hmm. but I think he but... dies first. Like all the others are just offshoots of him. I think. Well, I guess in the pursuit, uh, this is sort I of guess how I it. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that's what it is. It's—it's it's to leave the world. That, that's why he only does like a hundred performances of it or whatever. I, I like he's just doing it sort of for fame and fortune than any actual than anything. Even though that technology could be quite useful, but you yeah, know he's gonna. Shape. <laughs> also, like the um, whole Nikola Tesla bit, I was like, "Yo, Sorry. yeah." <laughs> I, just, I think that yeah, it's right. I I mean, I just think this film is very well put together on on, on several levels. I mean, there's as a writing I, again there's... Nolan gets a lot of flack, but I think he is an excellent writer. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think Jonathan Nolan, his brother, who has written four of his films with him, uh, The Prestige, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and Interstellar, and wrote the short story that Memento is based off of. So I think, yeah, Jonathan Nolan as well is part of that. Uh, who else is even in this film? Scarlett Johansson is in it. Scarjo, I love really... Scarjo. I don't even remember her being in it that much. Yeah, no, she plays the not... love interest to Kristen Bale um, and also yeah. Hugh Jackman at a point. They're kind of mistress character. But I think Scarlett Johansson, yeah. out of all Nolan's female characters, besides it, until we talk about Obsession, um, Inception, and maybe Batman, um, mm. like Rises, The Dark Knight Rises, but like mm -hmm. I think Scarjo, well. but I think Scarjo in this film, like, does have quite the character compared to uh, mm. like compared to some of the other. So like she she does play a massive role, um, in the whole like mm. trickery and uh, bit of it all. I think Scarlett Johansson's a great actor. Like she was really good in um, the film. Oh, fucking <laughs> so. Jojo Rabbit, I really enjoyed her in, um, which was surprising uh, to me. Um, mm. But yeah, like, out of Nolan's catalogue of discarded female characters who end up killing themselves, um, which seems to also be a prevalent 
thing that happens. Mm. <laughs> These, um, the yeah. Here they die. Uh, yeah, she, the, she was the... my favourite so far. Well, it's not a high bar, but yeah. Um, no, it's not a high bar. On a technical level, I think the film is also, like, with the production design and the costume, I think the, the, the visual effects actually, from my memory, they've aged relatively well for 2006 yeah. or whatever. Um, and this was made the year after he did Batman Begins. So he did, like, release the film like two films back to back basically which is mental i i i am always surprised when a director is able to get like a film out every two, year you know two back to back films with a scraggly christian bale and a michael kane who's his like mm. little fucking partner in crime that's crazy mm. yeah I, I i yeah i mean i i just yeah i think it's a, a an 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 incredible film um, I'd probably put it as maybe my second favorite Nolan film. That's maybe high. third favorite, second or third favorite of Nolan's filmography. I'd have to think about it. It's top three easily. It's just depending on one of the other films we're going to talk about this week. I just gotta say, yeah, I, I just love it. I think it's a wonderful film. Yeah. Uh, for me, my headcanon, at the moment, I'm holding off on Oppenheimer. I have high hopes, because you can't mm -hmm. tease me, Matt Damon, baby. I love Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon? Clear Murphy? Are you serious? I read a, th so I read a thing recently that Oppenheimer's going to have some full frontal nudity with Killian Murphy and Florence Pugh. Yes! Apparently. Yes! <laughs> Let's hope the same That's for Barbie. Um... <laughs> Ryan Gosling, no Michael Sarah, right? Surely, yeah. I can. A man can dream. Um, no, I. That, that's just the thing I read. Yeah, I feel. That's just the thing I read recently about Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, Killian Murphy. I I really like Killian Murphy, and we'll get on to that throughout this. And when we talk about Oppenheimer, I, I'm I, I really like Killian Murphy. I think he's a he's a he's not in the Prestige. Although I think he would fit, I think he would have. Honestly, he probably could have fit as the Christian Bale part. To be honest, I think he would have worked. Yeah, I, I, I think, think Killian Murphy would have been quite good as Tesla, just crazy up his hair a little bit or comb it back. But um, oh, that could that could have been good as well. Yeah, but yeah, I I found the film, uh, the oh, top three Nolan so far, from what I've seen. Mm. Yeah. It's like Memento's in the three. I don't know like a three list, but Memento's in there. I think Inception mm -hmm. might be. Um, mm -hmm. And then at the moment, it's probably this or The Dark Knight. Uh, okay. Um, I but, mean, do you have anything else you want to touch about, touch on with the Prestige, or? Uh, not, not quite. It didn't feel as Nolan-y as it should until the twists really started coming in towards the end. Yeah, but, it feels... But throughout the film, I was like... I, I, was, I felt I didn't feel like I was particularly watching anything that was... That was... It didn't really Nolan. evoke... Yeah, Nolan's, like, sort of sensibilities and style. Yeah, um, I think that's true. It sort of feels... For... For quite a bit, it doesn't feel... It feels a bit different to Nolan's other films from 
my memory. I mean, and and there's like it's still great. There's a I I love the scene where um Christian Bale showing that like bird trick to the, where yeah. he just fucking kills a bird <laughs> and then gets a new yeah. one. Oh, and I like that. Oh, it's going to sound bad. Um, I like that there's just a brutal honesty to it, where it's like, yeah, they're just killing birds for the sake of magic. Yeah, they don't don't use any clever cinematography to hide the real, real aspects of the film. When when you notice that when it's showing the magic, that it tends to cut. Um, When it's showing the Mm. illusion, it's purposefully, like, complex filmmaking. It'll jump cut and it'll be kind of keep a hard eye to follow. Where which is like, yeah. makes it easier to make it look like someone disappears, obviously. But when it has, yeah, yeah. it works well in the idea that the film is a magic trick, which is said mm-hmm. within the yeah. film. But like it, it works well with that idea because you have those real moments that that what do you call it? The what did you say? The beginning the 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 the, the bar- pledge, the pledge, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, for example, the real moment of, um, I believe her name was Sarah, the love interest to Christian Bale, one of Chris, mm-hmm. one of the Christian Bales, like her hanging, <laughs> like her killing herself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it just holds on that for so long. Like, there, there's mm-hmm. no, like, jump editing to show us, like, no, it just has her hanging there. Like, yeah. there, there's no, which is, like, quite confronting. And I think the film does that really well. Uh, and I think when you, when a lot of people just choose to, like, don't get me wrong, I, I'm a very much a narrative-based, uh, like, film observer, where it's mm. I care much more towards the narrative than, mm. I, and also when it's when speaking about the filmmaking, to me it's more important about how it serves that narrative. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that I think it works really well together. Um, and I really love the idea behind it. I think there are a few things that I feel like, like the whole cloning thing brings me out of it a lot. Like I know, mm. but it, it went from being a film about magicians to just straight up science fiction at the end. Like what the fuck? <laughs> that is true. It does take place within a, a, a reality for, for most of it. It doesn't. Yeah. It takes place within that, within the reality of, of the real world. Like this could all happen for real, you know? It's just the clone, you know. He's got he's got a twin brother, and then it just yeah it becomes all about magic, like full on science fiction stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no, I know what you that, mean. Yeah. Like I, I quite enjoyed it. I'd probably out of ten, mm. like an eight and a half. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, I just want to quickly touch on the makeup that they used oh, to disguise yeah. Christian Bale is incredible and they, and they put some because hugh jackman's got like a twin version of him kind of a very he, and he's got ma- body double yeah yeah well i think it is just christian it is just hugh jackman i think they yeah. just put some makeup on him but it looks very like it's very uncanny valley-esque like you can like it's obviously hugh jackman the, but i think it, yeah the nose is just like a little longer it's like they added like a little bit of a and he's got some like just, yeah. wrinkles or something yeah but I think that's great. Uh, I, I give the Prestige a nine out of ten. I think it's a an excellent film. And and two thousand and six, by the way, I just want to touch on a very very underrated year for films. Like I think there's a lot of really good films from two thousand and six. 
along with The Prestige, you had uh, Pan's Labyrinth, which is a wonderful mm. film. Um, this is England, which is a great British film. Borat. I love Borat. Can't, can't I have a chair. Film. I have a chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snakes on a Plane is fun. I, I don't care. Snakes on a Plane is Oh, and Harry, your favorite, Lady in the Water. Then oh, Shyamalan. Yeah, I, I loved that film. <laughs> Go back and listen to that Shyamalan retrospective where we talked about Lady in the Water. Here's just a little teaser for you. He makes himself <laughs> the most important character in the film. Who does uh, that? Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, go listen to it, because I get a little bit heated. And that's not even as heated as Harry gets from my memory of that episode. There's a lot yeah. of other things. Um, but yeah, after The Prestige, we've got The Dark Knight. Uh, which I rewatched for the first time in several years, and look, it's a really great film. A tad overrated, though. Dare I, I argue. I argue the same. Um, I, I, did. <laughs> no, I think Barney I... would have agreed with us if he were here. We'll ask him if he's on next week, which he said he will be, hopefully. And if he's not, um, we'll be very upset with him. Um, yeah. I uh, I initially had it down, The Dark Knight, as a 10. But that was just based on my memory of however many years ago. It is no longer a 10, but it is still a very good film. Yeah, like, I, I think... It's a I really think, great movie, so don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I think the best thing about these Nolan Batman films is mm. that they don't... Unless you, like... Okay, we can, we can, we'll talk about the villain... The villain, where everyone knows the villain. We'll talk about the Joker and like their introduction and the whole role of the antagonist throughout the film. But I feel like, mm -hmm. other than that, they feel grounded in reality. And that's an attribute to the Bat Bike and fucking Tumblr actually being a functioning thing. Mm. The idea that the Tumblr has to self destruct to turn into the like the, the bike instead of it just being nanotech instead of just explaining it with it's nanotech. <laughs> yeah. Just nanotech. MCU style nanotech. Yeah. Like, no, this feels like a film that could exist. Um, mm. Like, I mean, it's there pretty are obviously bits of it. within yeah. reality, basically give, give, like, like, give or take the whole, like the, the whole Batman not being able to be f like people not figuring out who Batman is like, and also yeah. him being overpowered as fuck. Other than that, because um, and people know my opinion on Batman because um, mm. we spoke about it last week and how I've always had a distaste. Mm. Other than the dark, and I always argued that the Dark Knight trilogy was my f mm. my second favorite iteration of Batman. I did really like the comic, the no, the cartoon when I was like the oh the, the animated series, yeah, Saturday mornings, yeah. Other than, yeah, the animated mm. series. Other than that... I think the problem with Batman stories in general is Batman is the most boring part of every single Batman story I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like, he's always overshadowed by the villains. The villains are always the best part of any Batman film. You know, you, you had Danny DeVito in the Tim Burton films, you had Jack Nicholson in the Tim Burton films as a villain... You know, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger as a villain one time, like Jim Carrey as a villain 
you know, all these. Yeah. And I just like the only time I've ever really loved like a live action Batman is the recent Robin Pattinson Batman. I think Robert Pattinson is fantastic in the role, and I'm glad he's Batman because he's made him interesting finally. Mm. You know what I appreciate about these films? Uh, the the continuity of not again, and this I'm a big MCU fan. People know this. Uh, I quite enjoy yeah. comic book films. Um, yeah, some of my favorite characters reading as a kid, as I did, used to love myself the good comic. Uh, that being yeah. said, I think that in the MCU, having that post credit scene of Iron Man, wh- wh- Nick Fury, what? <laughs> like to, to to make it a connected universe, <coughs> always sort of pissed me off. And I really like the idea to keep continuity throughout the film. All you have to do, show a little bit of Killian Murphy Scarecrow. Just just here and there. <laughs> like, that's all they do. They're just like, especially yeah. in like the, 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 the second and third Batman, like Nolan Batman film. Mm-hmm. They just, yeah. Just, there's a little bit of Killian. He's still around. Don't. Yeah. He's still, he's still kicking it. Um, and that's all, that's all you really need. Um, with that, I, the, the sort of, First and second intros to Heath Ledger's Joker, uh, the mm. best villain intros in in villain hero versus villain mm. cinema. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can name me, it doesn't have to be like comic book, but if you can name mm. me a better introduction to a villain <laughs> than Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker in I this mean, film, yeah, I I will personally give you all the money that's in my wallet. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, we were going to get to this. Heath Ledger's Joker. I'm going to say something that might be a bit bold, but I think I stand by this. Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker is the greatest supporting performance in the history of cinema. No. Like, beyond... Co- no? <laughs> no. You, I, you, I think he's, he's he's one of the <clears throat> great great antagonists, but I don't think supporting performance. He don't, don't get me okay. wrong; it's great, but I don't think it's. I don't, I don't think it's one of the greatest. Although I'll let you finish your point, so I can perfectly argue against it. And I don't think Heath Ledger would have gotten an Oscar nomination and win had he not passed away. To be fair, I do not think he would have been mm. nominated. Had he not passed away, but he would have been fully—he's fully deserving of that Oscar nomination and that Oscar win. To be fair, I think he's perfectly deserving yeah. of, of both of those. But I do think he would not have been recognized if he didn't die, which is a bit sad. But I think it's what. It but yeah, I mean, he's fucking incredible in this film. He's truly, truly amazing. Mm. He is. And and it is up there too. I think it's up there with some. I think underrated performances as well. Like obviously, everyone always talks about how Heath Ledger's Joker, like, and Heath Ledger throughout the film is so great. But I think when you when when you talk about great all time supporting performances, I think Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. I think mm. I think um, Christian Bale in Ford vs Ferrari. If you've never seen that. Oh my god, is it a great film? It's got Matt Damon. Um, well, I think there's a bias there, then. I think... Um, Matt Damon. 
Yeah, but Matt Damon's the leading. Okay. It'd be a bias if mm. Matt Damon was the supporting role. Both films I mentioned, <laughs> Matt Damon was the lead in as Both well. So that's his, not great. He, yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> The Martian. No. Um, but I, like, even, even oh, I just had it in my, in my, oh, yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson in Bullet Train. They're all great performances. <laughs> They're all great performances. And so is Heath Ledger's Joker, but from a villain, like from coming to the archetype that almost kind of in a really sickening way, like as a viewer, you watch it and you're like, I mean, he makes sense in a really chaotic and not at all way. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he's, end purpose right is to like destroy the corruption in gotham but he's just like a psychopath obviously um yeah and we also see through Mm -hmm. the acts of himself where we get to see harvey dent which i quite like as a character in this film we get to see rachel Mm -hmm. die which big whoop christopher nolan kills another female character um (laughs) as as motivation for the two main male characters who would have thunk it? But yeah, he just, he brings this almost, he doesn't look like Heath Ledger. Even like, no, even without the makeup on. I always thought it's Joseph Gordon Levitt, you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt, it like, because yeah. he looks to oh, me wow. a lot like Heath Ledger. Like, if, like imagine Joseph Gordon Levitt with long hair grown out. Just, they have similar like faces, I feel. This could have both been 10 things I had about you. <laughs> Well, no, they're Fair both in things I had about you. No, but that's not it. It's they're also both in the Dark Knight films. They've got um, a, they've but... got a, they've got a. There's a sub. There's like half their face. Yeah, together. yeah. See, see, it's similar. So it's a bit. It's now that, you've, now that they're like side by side. I kind of get what you mean. Yeah, um, but other than that, um, like <laughs> that, that was just like a little side tangent. Even though they are both in these films, it's so like it. It feels like the Joker exists in a weird way, even with, even when watching the Joker, the film, the Joker, which was so highly revered, (laughs) I feel like I'm watching Joaquin Phoenix play the Joker. I don't feel like I'm watching the Joker. Like, yeah. And this is, I get what you mean. You said that. Yeah. This film shouldn't be called the dark Knight. It should be good. (laughs) Called. Holy shit. Look at how weird Heath Ledger looks. If this does not look like him, this can't be him. The performance is so crazy good. What is going on? Wait, is that actually the Joker come to life? I know it's a long title. It's it's working. But I feel like that would work. You could market that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's... I don't know. I feel like when I was watching it, I was just... That's all I could focus on as well. I, I was just thinking mm. like, oh, oh, this is so fucking good. Like, I didn't really care about the Harvey Dent subplot, which is part <laughs> of the film. Um, the mm. whole Two Face idea. I do like the idea that he loses it, like he loses it in a very realistic way, and that's again something that we touched on with Prestige is that these Nolan mm-hmm. films are quite grounded in Gotham reality, um, mm-hmm. to an extent. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's a ten out of ten. Um, I no. think Heath Ledger's performance is a ten out of ten. But I don't think, and that's mm-hmm. all anyone ever talks about this film anyway. Do, do you, don't you notice that? Like a lot of people, just, yeah. You mentioned the Dark Knight, and everyone's like, "Oh, how good was Heath Ledger?" And it's like, "Okay, tell me how good Christian Bale was." Oh wait, he wasn't. 
like he was cardboard <laughs> Batman for this film. Yeah, like exactly. I, it's it is Heath Ledger. It is Heath Ledger's film. Heath Ledger um, is the second greatest Joker ever written. Mark Hamill's the first. Right? No, I assume. Lego Joker Gosh. from the Lego Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Mark Hamill is the best Joker in my opinion. Because uh, mm. I always watched this film and I always felt like. It felt like the Joker, but not the Joker. It felt like this really gritty thing. Like, and that's yeah. the whole point. Like, his makeup runs, and there's cr- imperfections, and his yeah, hair's and his all hands wet are and all... oily, and he's and just white. dirty. He's like, he's like homeless yeah. Joker. I, I, I think yeah, Heath Ledger, yeah, is incredible in this. Um, and he's far and away the best part of the film. And I think. He just, every scene with him is captivating. Like, every time he's on screen, I am engaged. And so, and when he's not there, I'm less engaged with what he's doing. With, like, with, with the non-Heath Ledger stuff, I don't care as much. Yeah, this is his film. And, um, I mean, yeah, the opening scene, the opening bank robbery is fantastically put together. Um, it is kind of weird that he just drives out of a bank into a line of school buses and nothing. <laughs> like, there are there are certain logical inconsistencies in this film that you kind of have to point ignore. of contention, but, like, what do you expect the other school buses to do? Like, <laughs> like realistically, like, what do you do? Like, in that situation, like, so I, I know that never really bugged me, although I do, like, I have heard it brought up. I was just like, it's a Batman film. Like, like you like, give it a little bit of leeway. Yeah, I feel as if the Joker <laughs> traditionally has a lot of showmanship, which this Joker doesn't. His showmanship is cheap. He just puts a pencil in a guy's face and goes, ta-da. Um, which, like... It's you know it's skillful when you can make someone laugh with like quite a gruesome murder, because um, I laugh almost every single time. But that and like I feel as if this film, this is my biggest issue with the film. It doesn't really fit between the first and third. Does that that make any sense? What like do you it mean? does. The end of the film does like the whole like idea that like Joker has pretty much destroyed Batman's everything and brought him to the bottom and thus the Dark Knight must rise. But I'm like, at the same time, the, there feels like it feels like if you take this film out and have it completely separate from the other two films, one, it doesn't affect that film at all. But two, mm. it also doesn't affect the other no, two. Because the third I film mean, almost feels like more of a sequel to the first and not the second. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that's brought up in the third film is stuff that's ref- that's from the first film. Which you do see happen quite a bit. I mean, it's the same issue in Cars 2. Uh, so if you're familiar with the Cars trilogy, pretty much the first film is all about like being the rookie around the tracks and learning to slow down a little bit. And then the second film just <laughs> fucking takes place somewhere else. And the third film sort the of comes back spy to... Thriller. Yeah, and the third film comes back to Radiator Springs. The the Dark Knight is quite similar. The trilogy is quite similar, except for the fact that the Dark Knight, I'd say, is a little bit better than Cars 2. 
I mean, yeah, what that's... is a trilogy where, like, I guess Kung Fu Panda is a trilogy where each of the films sort of follow one from each other. You can't really separate them. They're more... Like, because I, 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 I haven't seen Kung Fu Panda in ages, but from my memory, those films are very much connected, whereas I've watched The Dark Knight by itself so many more times than I've watched the other two films in the, in the okay, trilogy. Yeah, yeah um, you don't have to watch the other two. No, it's... Like, the Dark Knight trilogy like... is, like... It's the Dark Knight and then other two movies. Um, whereas I feel like other trilogies, you can't really watch the sequels without watching the first one. You sort of have to watch them all together as one yeah. package, you know? Well, I, I can do it with Spider-Man. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man, I can watch you, Spider-Man you, 2 yeah, without watching the first Spider-Man one. I think Spider-Man relatively works. Um, but that's, that, that, that's why these two are always up for comparison of the greatest like comic book trilogy. Because they, yeah. they stand on their own as films as well. And they, they don't hinge on some big multiversal war to keep them relevant. They're just good films that also feature comic book characters. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think more I mean, of the... I prefer the Raimi trilogy. Oh yeah, 100%. But I think more of the, the more grit of my critique and the bulk of it comes with the third film in the trilogy the second film you can't mm. say much other than like set pieces are great like oh man yeah, there's the, so many the, great the tumblers sequences. awesome the idea that like mm. you introduce a new suit without having to do the whole he has a new suit like out of nowhere it's like no they naturally yeah. introduce the idea of a new suit which yeah, i quite enjoy really turn his head yeah he has to, he has to turn like this which so I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of really great stuff. It, the film is too long, I'd say. I'd say it goes on for a bit. And there's just, yeah, just certain scenes that just I feel like you could probably do without. I feel like it takes a, a while to get to the point. Um, although I, did, I remember watching and I just checked the time to see how much longer I left. I was like, oh, we're like nearly, we're close to done. I was surprised. Yeah. But yeah, anything without Heath Ledger is kind of not necessary to me, to my enjoyment. I don't care. Um, I love the the scene where they flip like the big truck over in the city. Like that's great. And he's like, "Come on, Hermit! Come on, Hermit!" You know, he's, he's doing that. Yeah. I think that's all great. Um, and the interrogation, all the stuff in the prison, with the interrogation, fantastic. After that, it kind of loses steam a little bit, though. Yeah, I agree. Wholeheartedly, I think even from a narrative perspective, it, the narrative hinged so much on Heath Ledger's Joker, which, like, I get, is the main antagonist. But you yeah. should have provided your protagonist with enough depth to be able to carry <laughs> at least like ten minutes of the fucking film. Which, I, <laughs> like, that—that's my biggest beef, and that's why I don't think it's a ten. If they like, they mm-hmm. hit it was. The set pieces, the villains is great. Batman, though, like, how is he the worst part of his own film? That that like, I mean, and it's not a bit. He's not bad. With most Batman films, yeah, and, and he's not bad. He's uninteresting. He's, he's great, just not nearly as great as everyone else. And he never, he's never yeah. on everyone. Like, uh, he's never on the same level as all other aspects of what goes into that film, whether it's the like narrative aspects, but also the mm-hmm. straight up just 
like his suit's great. Like how for me, when I watch the film, I'm I don't go, oh Batman is so cool. I go, man, Batman's suit is cool. It is a very nice suit to be fair. It's probably my favorite like yeah, Batman's suit. And this isn't to discredit Christian Bale either, because I think he does a fucking great job. I just think it's a mm. bit of a cardboard cutout of a character in general. Like, it's quite hard, mm-hmm. I think, to write a lot of depth for a character that never, like, that has depth, but it's just much, much more sort of psycho, psychological, which I know that Robert Pattinson's Batman does um, mm-hmm. focus yeah. on and draw from, and that's why it has such rave reviews. But, um, yeah, I yeah, think there's a we- way to do that, though, and make it work. Yeah, and I think they touch uh, on it. They touch on it in the third film, but they just—it's not finger looking good. <laughs> man. It's only good. Like I, I have the yeah. flavoring on the on my fingers, and I'll maybe lick one finger and then wipe the rest off. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> Interesting analogy. Um, yeah, I think we haven't really touched on any of the other actors, but I mean, like Aaron Eckhart as Two Face, I think he's quite. I used to, for the longest time, I used to think it was Neil Patrick Harris. I always got them to the Aaron Eckhart and Neil Patrick Harris confused. I think Aaron, ha- Aaron Eckhart is a very underrated actor, though. I think he's a very solid actor. Um, I find him less interesting when he becomes the villain, though. And he's just like, oh, I thought yeah. God, uh, I don't like that. That's kind of, that loses. The I like death, the whole idea like. of him being, like, I like the whole idea of him saying, oh, I'm Batman. I'm the Batman. And like, I, I really like, like that. that, yeah. Yeah. That's but the most depth Batman as a character gets in this fucking film. It's, it's fucking too it's fucking Harvey Dent who has who gives him that depth, yeah. Um I mean yeah, it's just it but I think it's a very great film. I do not think though, it is currently the third highest rated film on IMDB, which is Ever. ridiculous. Yeah. It's just behind The Godfather and the Shawshank Redemption. Like it's the IMDb know, you, top you, ten. You like the, see my the ten, face, but what? the ten like, highest rated films on IMDb right now are The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yep. The Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. Pulp Fiction. The yep. Return of the King. Schindler's List. Twelve Angry Men. The Godfather Part Two. The Dark Knight. The Godfather. And the Shawshank Redemption. What and, a public, a... and this is and this is calculated from public's reviews. Yeah, this is just everybody who is who has rated these films on IMDb. They add all their scores up and then find the average. So the IMDb, the IMDb is so has the worst fan base. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think most review sites do, but IMDb is a bit dumb. I mean, Forrest Gump's number eleven. That's pretty good. That's, that's yeah, pretty but good. Like two of the Lord of the Rings films, yeah, they're beautiful and they're great. But top that, ten yeah. ever, yeah. ever. What? I mean, Inception is Wild. number fifteen on the list, which is that's wild to me. Inception's that's too low. Oh, Interstellar's twenty sixth. That's awesome. on the list. Um, the Prestige is forty two. I'm just looking for the Nolan films on here. Memento is 55. That is criminally low. That is that very is... low for Memento. That is way too low. Just and that's lower than is. films. <laughs> uh, Bullet Train is not is not charted. 
Oh Bullet Train's IMDb score actually is though. Uh, Bullet Train has got has got a seven point three. That's pretty good actually. Yeah, for a little across three hundred and sixty nine thousand ratings. That's pretty good. But yeah, Dark Knight. It's not the third greatest film of all time. Let's just be honest. It's not. It's it's a great film. I think it's great. I give it a nine out of ten. But it's not a film I would even come close to saying is the best film ever made. Because it's not. It's just not. Yeah, no. I don't even know if it's on that list. Like, to be honest. Um, <laughs> like, that sounds wild, but I I think I talked my... Like, I quite liked it. I remember watching it. But I think just, just <laughs> this evening, I've talked myself into giving it an 8.5. <laughs> like... I was like, I come into this with thinking, yeah, it's like a nine, maybe like. <laughs> were you, and, were you gonna... like, yeah, but I feel like I just talked myself into lowering it. But the more you know, I mean, <laughs> I just didn't like. There's gonna be people who go, like, "How can you say that is the greatest superhero film ever?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not a fucking superhero film. It's Look. a guy in a suit." Um, but <laughs> I think, yeah, Nolan fans are weird to me like because they think they're like oh his films are so good like yeah christopher nolan uh inception that's what we're talking about now fucking loved it i thought it was <laughs> oh oh it was so good yeah um i remember this was another one of those films i watched when i was more into i think i watched this during like when covid was a thing was what was a bigger thing and we had to you know, be shut off from the rest of the world and from other people. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, like, one of the greatest films of all time. I just want to make that clear. I knew someone at high school who said it was their favourite film. I said, you've got boring taste, my friend. Uh, And you're wrong, because it's not even the best Nolan film. It's, like, the fourth best Nolan film, so I just want to make that clear. Um, Harry's looking down. I think Harry may disagree with me on that one. Uh, I don't. I don't exactly disagree. Me saying I loved it doesn't mean it's. I think it's his best film. I could. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy the idea. Like, as, as someone again mm. who's a viewer of like, as someone who sits here and quite focuses on the narrative and the ideas within that, it's so mm-hmm. like it's just like a cool idea. It feels like a dream within a dream within a dream it's like so cool to focus on the idea of dreams mm-hmm. and the idea like also i'm sort of a sucker for joseph gordon levitt i do have my favorite actors um tom hardy mm. i and i just think that this i also really like leo's performance leo always does well in a film where the mother of his children is mentally <laughs> fucked uh, what a Shutter Island. Yeah, Shutter Island. Island. Yeah. Where, whereas, like, and that, but that being said, it was also sort of like my least favorite part of the film. My least favorite part of the mm. film is that whole Leo subplot. Yeah, oh, not, I don't yeah. really need it. That was the whole thing. It's like, no, just give me like a cool reverse heist because it's like a heist, but it's not a heist. Yeah, they're just like the whole I point think that would have been to fine, make it yeah. look like a heist. And like, oh, mm. dealing with the trials yeah. and tribulations of like timing, and how do you make them feel gravity when there's no gravity? And like, yeah, I don't uh, need like, that. I I liked that. I th- 
No, I no, sorry, I meant I don't like the 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 wife stuff. I don't yeah. need that at all. I just kind of wish it was a heist. You know, in people's dreams. I thought that's all I needed really. Um but yeah, uh a big, big ensemble cast. We've got Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't think I've ever covered Leo on this podcast. You should. I think he's like I don't think I, I have. I'm trying I to find think. I find I quite like a lot of his films, but I never think about him being one of the all-time, like having one of the all-time catalogs. But I'm always like, Mm. yeah, I really like Catch Me If You Can, and I really like, like... I'm trying to think. I don't think I have. Shut around. I don't think I've mentioned Silent. I think he might be my favourite actor. It's like him or Nicolas Cage for for the top spot. My favourite actor. Is it Matt Damon? No, but he's one of them. It's Jim Carrey, but <laughs> of of Jim Carrey. Oh, of course, that makes so much. Of course, it's Jim Carrey. Jim, to be fair, Jim Carrey's fucking great. You can't, you can't really dislike Jim Carrey. So yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, yeah, favorite to second favorite actor. Uh, I think he's great in general. I don't think he's amazing in this, but I think he gives a very good performance. I think all the cast are very solid. Um, I think. Elliot Page, then Ellen Page at the time, but Elliot Page now, he uh, is good in it. I, I, I like Elliot Page, but Elliot Page, I think he's very good at uh, what That's crazy. He does. I, had no, I had no idea he transitioned. Like, yeah, I'll be it was frank, like a couple I, years ago. Frankly, I only ever knew them from um, Juno. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they transitioned... Uh, December 2020, so a couple years now, but... Oh, good. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, we've got Killian Murphy, our boy in there. Love Killian Murphy, as we as we were touching on before. I think he's really... He's actually probably one of the best parts of it, in terms of performances. Um, yeah. yeah. Killian, Tom... Yeah, I've got... Uh, yeah, Killian Murphy. We've got Tom Hardy... Um, I think this was one of the earliest, like, major Tom Hardy performances. Like, I, I think he don't, he don't, but I think he works here. I don't think I need him to be, like, a lead performance. I just need him to be, like, a fun supporting role. And he's usually good at that. That's, that's just what I need him. I don't really think he works as, like, a the main protagonist, really. I need him to just, or, like, a, I think he's fine as just a uh, a supporting part. Well, I haven't seen Bronson, and I've heard he's really great in that, so... You're a big Tom Hardy fan. I'm a, so I'm a huge Tom Hardy into... fan. I, I really enjoy... I'm a big Peaky Blinders guy. I think Inception does that really well, too. Like, it really... Mm. From the second I started, I was like, oh, I'm in this. Like, Because yeah. you find a lot oh, of yeah, films that might take... Like, the... Mm, yeah, yeah. The, the, op- the opening's the end of the film, which is... Yeah. Classic like, Nolan messing with yeah. time. He's never done that. So when was the last time Nolan opened with the end of a film? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. I thought it was quite good. I, yeah, I you... did know some tropes. Like, um, I, I'd never seen it, but the Simpsons did an Inception episode. Which yeah, was, Rick and Morty like, actually, did. Actually, well. did Rick and Morty do? Oh, yeah, they did. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, I and I knew about the whole spinning, spinning top thing, which I think is a really good like sort of yeah. fade out. 
Because at the end of the film, it does look like it's going to fall and then the film just cuts. Yeah. So so it's like left up to the viewer on which do they want to believe that this is his reality or they, do yeah. they want to... Which I think is such like a high-level concept and as someone who, again, loves the, the ideas in films, this... The, mm-hmm. It really like allows the sort of viewer to create their own version of events and it's not particularly yeah. dense like like it's quite linear we can follow it quite well like yeah. i follow i follow the film quite quite easily when i'm watching it i'm like man joseph gordon levitt like okay so this is the time like that's going on i think again killy murphy is someone who isn't even playing second or third fiddle he's like fifth fiddle in this fucking movie gives a very yeah. very surprisingly like great performance he's that is, kind like, of the holds a lot big, of emotion he's kind of the core of the film i feel like in terms of the characters oh no like, he's I quite important like... but i feel like he just like he's not part of the crew does it make sense yeah i i i, ne- I was like he's never the part that anybody pulls out i was like oh tom hardy's in it elliot page is in it leonardo dicaprio Joseph Gordon-Levitt, even, and I don't even think Joseph Gordon-Levitt's that. Michael part Caine. Marion Cotillard, who is uh, DiCaprio's wife. Um, Yeah, I, I think this film really has a lot of great stuff going on. I don't think it's as clever as some people think it is. Because I've, I've seen a lot of stuff where people are like, oh my god, it's so brilliant and it's so hard to follow. I'm like, is it? Like is it yeah. is it really that difficult? It's pretty pretty simple. They're in a dream like, and then oh, they they're in a dream, dream and then they and then they're in another dream. Yeah. And then I he goes like... into one last dream into the limbo world and then they all come back out. Because mm. like all you gotta remember is the real world, from what we know, the real world is the plane. Basically. Yeah, okay. The real world's the plane. He spins the thing before he hops on the plane. Real world's the plane. So when they all wake up on the plane. You're safe. You're you're somewhat safe as a viewer again with Nolan. You're never safe. Um, my my whole idea is that when the plane comes back in, and we see them wake up on the plane, mm. the viewer is like somewhat safe to believe that that's the reality. And it's again, it's quite easy to follow. It goes plane, van, um, plane, van, elevator, so like hotel. Mm-hmm. Then snow capped mountains. Then mm-hmm. what was after the snow capped mountain? The the dream world limbo that he'd built for himself. Yeah, the limbo world. Leo Leo yeah. limbo Leo limbo. I also like how he messes with time a lot in this film. The idea that like mm-hmm. five minutes here is an hour there is quite cool. Uh, which like yeah, Nolan's never messed with time. I wonder if will if he'll do that with any films upcoming either. Um, mm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And yeah. Sort of, there were two scenes I was aware of in this film before I'd seen it. One is, like, the end with the spinning top, and the other is with the spinning hallway, like, the hallway fight sequence with, um, Joe Scott and that other guy, which is, to be fair, an incredible scene. It looks awesome. And because, you know... As as is generally standard for Nolan, he just did that for real. Just had a full set. And I mean, it looks... It's just a fantastic sequence. And I appreciate that Nolan is just willing to... Uh, 
do stuff like that and is just building practical sets and having practical stunt work. Like no, I do, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, he cla- he crashed a plane for real in Tenet. You know, he well, he 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 had an actual explosion go off to simulate the atomic bomb in Oppenheimer. I would assume not a real nuclear bomb because that just seems ridiculous. But he did it for real, so I'm looking forward to seeing what how that looks. Bit of a uh, realist, this guy. Yeah, which is weird because he he often operates within sci-fi stories generally. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this film, like, there's no performance besides, I guess, Killian's that particularly like pierces through. They're all sort of great when you have such a great like cast list. It's so yeah. difficult to pinpoint a performance that is particularly like that really stands above the rest. And again, as yeah, I said, Leo, Leo, Leo's always great. But I thought Killian was a real shining star for me. And mm. again, we get all the classics. We get all the classic Nolan actors. He definitely has his favorites. This is the first Nolan yeah. film with Leo, I, th- I think. Yeah, yeah, he does use Tom Hardy. And again, like Killian and Joseph. Yeah, he... Yeah, I guess from a filmmaking perspective as well, it looks really cool. The whole when they're talking about like creating or like ar- being an architect for a dream, such a cool mm. fucking sentence to just say. But not just that; it's like the, the the whole sequence of them like walking on the streets and it flipping and stuff is so cool. For me, the movie falls a little bit in the logic of like how they die in the dream. I'm like, so if they die, they wake up. Yeah. But if they're very much asleep they die they go in a limbo yeah and it's I think like, it depends how why deeper they go into the like inception as it were yeah well so it's like the further the deeper the deeper they go into the dreams the higher the risk which i get but mm. they they explained it by just saying no if we die now we we go in a limbo because the sedative is really strong and i'm like that's kind of a shit reason that felt like a like I get that that's the reason, but in my head I was like, ah, for a movie that is like such hot, like high, high thought as this, and for that to be quite a critical sort of idea within the film, I feel like mm-hmm. it could have maybe been a better, better way to put it. Like mm-hmm. there should have, I felt like there should have been a better reason than that. But other than that, I really had no gripes. I thought it was a perfectly solid film really enjoyed mm. watching it um one of nolan's better but i don't think i don't think it's his best no um, i think that's I still think... led up to debate as well yeah i mean there's a lot to love in this film um like as you mentioned before I, the scene where dicaprio and page's character is like make a maze that i can't that like i can't solve basically you know mate you know, and then she yeah. does like, and she does like a circle mate. Like that's great. And the the again the the visual effects, like the world's like tilting on it, like folding in on itself, phenomenal. Holds up yeah. remarkably well. Um, we haven't even really touched on the music. Oh yeah, the score's films. great. Think... Yeah, the 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 score in Inception and in the Dark Knight in particular is fantastic. There's the. 
Oh man, there's the, yeah. there's that sort of piece they have when they're in the dream world, that sort of classical piece. I like the I long friends, long son of Brennan, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. I think that's a great piece. I just, yeah, I mean, look, Inception. It's oh, it's an it, 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 like the Dark Knight. It is an overrated film, but it's still a great film that I really, really like. I also give it a nine out of ten. I think it's fantastic. It's a nine. It's a nine. It's better than the other two. Oh, all right. I think it's uh, weaker. I think than it's. The other two. Uh, eh. <laughs> Let me think. I think it's a nine, but I think the prestige is if is also a nine. So they're like this, they're like on the same level, like like oh, so far. I think they're all sort of similar. I'm just going to put it in 8.5. I really liked it, but I've already put the other two at an 8.5. So for me, they're all they're all sort of that 8.5 range. Uh, and then, yeah, we move on to the final film of this part, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I do not like this film. I think this is not good. I think this is the worst Christopher Nolan film. You think this is his worst film? Yes. I have not seen Dunkirk yet, and I haven't had a chance to watch Insomnia, but I think this is his worst film. I think it's not good at all. Yes, I disagree. (laughs) I haven't haven't seen the following, uh, but I've heard that Mm. a lot of people put that as his worst. not saying it's bad, but it's just not his best. I don't know. I liked it. I quite liked it. As a sequel to the first. Not as a sequel mm. to the second. But as a sequel to the first, Batman. I thought it was okay. I thought like the whole idea of him literally having to rise out of the pit is quite cool. Again, we get to go back to the, the mm. training. The whole Liam Neeson area of the map. Um, we get Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. We get that whole, like, it's giving a boy a jacket after his parents died line, which I think is like a cool way mm. to put it. We get a little mm. bit of Killian Murphy. We get we get that whole like <laughs> do like Killian Murphy list to be fair. Yeah. Well we, we we get the whole bait of Joseph Gordon Levitt being Robin, which I'm like, really? He's like forty. <laughs> like, like Yeah, he's not he's not particularly Robin's typically like a kid. Yeah, but he was supposed to be like cause the whole film is like Batman giving Well one, it's in this film that I'm pretty sure it's in this film. That mm-hmm. and we'll we'll touch on Bane because I feel like he has the most to talk about. But um, I do not like Bane in this at all. I think Bane but, is terrible. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> I think I think There's the Joseph Gordon for the audience. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like if you watch the film, they definitely do hint the whole time. Like Bruce Wayne's constantly giving him tips. Joseph Gordon Levitt's character instantly figured out that he was Batman. Like straight away. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. To be fair, oh, I mean, no, that make that's the only bit of the films that make real sense to me, because <laughs> like everyone should know who it is. Like, it's so crazy to me that people like think about it. Um, I mean, why yeah, is so- Bruce Wayne building this like intricate system underneath his his mansion? And why did the ba- why did the Batmobile just leave Wayne Manor? What's 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 going on? Like fucking hell, um, man! Who's rich enough to build all this tech? 
Yeah, Can't and be why? Bruce Wayne. Hmm. Is it weird that Bruce Wayne just left the event and then Batman came in like a minute later? Yeah, hmm. so strange, man. There's no connection, Why have I never though? seen them together? Yeah. Yeah, um, like Clark and Superman. So, t- which is even better. Just puts on glasses. Yeah, and he's like, disguise. Um, but yeah, I think I enjoyed it. I My favorite part of the film was Bane. So we're gonna have a bit oh, of a convo shit. about this one, but I thought oh, I thought Tom Hardy did a really, 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 really great job, bro. How I can thought... you how can you not like the? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. Like that's such a cool fucking scene. I I think part of my thing with this is I've seen the Harley Quinn animated TV show where Bane is, like, a joke in it, and he sounds like, he's like, oh, Batman, I lost my chicken satay sandwich, or whatever, you know, and and he's, and I think, I think, I don't find Bane intimidating, and I'm supposed to, and the way he delivers lines is very, very strange. I feel like, like Bane, oh, Bane should have sounded more like Venom. Don't get me wrong. I would have liked if it. I would have liked if Eddie did his like. Oh no! If Tom Hardy did his Eddie Brock like Venom, where he went. If he was like <laughs> Batman, Batman, I'm coming again. Yeah, like, so that, would, that would work more than than just using. Oh, oh Bane! Oh, no. oh my leg! <laughs> um, I'm here to fulfill Razal Ghul's destiny. Like just the way he delivers lines just sounds very, very it doesn't work. And no, he's not a particularly imposing figure. Like I feel like Bane is meant to be this like he doesn't look particularly like ripped or anything. What? What? what what are you talking about? Just search a Bane Just do it, do it. Search Bane um Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that is like you have to give props to Tom Hardy's like workout for this. He looks bloody. No, he's not supposed Bane's not supposed to be shredded. He's just supposed to be raw strength. Like, and that's what he looks like. It didn't it didn't work. Fuck, I think it does. Mm-hmm. I really I like his the main antagonist. I like his mask too, <laughs> like his respirator. I don't mind that. I think that's a that's a decent way to be like, oh well, it needs to be kind of realistic because we can't have him just be injected with like venom or whatever it is from the comics. I like how he he's also like without the fucking suit, as big as Batman is in the suit. Like that's what I like. He yeah. seems like a one to one match. Like it, it's, which I think is important. But I I don't know. I think otherwise it's. I, I liked him. I thought he did a really great performance. I thought he was better than Scarecrow in the first movie. Um, I mean, yeah. What else do I like about this film? Uh, it's too long. Oh yeah, it's too long. There's a lot you could probably cut out, and it would be fine. I always complain about film length, but it's just because films in general are too long. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just on. I'm just being honest. I find most films are way too long, and you can cut out stuff. And I think this is a. 
and I think Nolan was not as invested in this because I think Heath Ledger dying sort of soured his whole uh, perspective on doing Batman, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this film, like, it's it's okay. I didn't like the tease that that the Robin tease in it, but otherwise, I, you know what? I think it caps off my, the trilogy just fine. My biggest problem with this film is they don't kill Batman. Yeah. I think Bruce Wayne should have died at the end. I think that yeah. would have been a a perfect ending. Like, no, I, I like him getting with Anne Hathaway though. Doesn't make any sense though, does it? No, it really any... They're very similar characters. They just both want to leave the past behind and move forward. No, together. it doesn't That's... make any sense that he lives. I feel like. What do you just mean? The way. I mean, well, because I mean, he does he does fix like the auto the autopilot or whatever it is, right? And that's and it flies or something, right? Am I just misrem? Some finicky thing, but I think from a narrative, like like literally, if you want to talk about literally the way that he lives, I don't know. I watched it at the start of the week. I couldn't tell you. It, it's something <laughs> to do with autopilot, though. Well, anyway, he um he creates like a, I, I think from a narrative perspective, sorry. It's fine that he lives and continues on. Like, to me, I have no issue with him living. Um, I just think it would have been a nice way to cap off the, the trilogy, I feel like. But, you know, there's 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 a lot of other problems I have with the film anyway. So it's not like it's the only thing holding it back. There's a lot of other stuff I'm not yeah. a fan of. I think this is when Hans Zimmer's music started to become very samey and not as good. Like, yeah. he he did Inception a couple of years before, he did Kung Fu Panda, like, four years before, and the Kung Fu Panda music is a banger. Like, there are, yeah. like, it, like, in four years, I feel like he's just not been as good. Like, post-Dark Knight Rises, Hans Zimmer's just doing the same stuff over and over again, and it's not as good. And I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel as if it just sort of feels a bit like a yeah, just a little lazy, complacent. Yeah, that's. I think that. Yeah, and I just feel like I just don't. Also, the sound mix. I don't know if because Nolan's had a lot of criticisms directed at his sound mixing and the sound design. I think watching it at home, I was less bothered by it, but I feel like if I saw this in a cinema, I'd be more bothered. I had that with Tenet, which we'll get to next week, but the sound design in some of the films is very, very strange um, and takes away from his films often. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't have much more to say on uh, Batman. Uh, I think it, it's a period just... in Nolan's filmography that I feel like... It's quite an important one, but is not a great judgment on his, like, ability. I feel like post-Inception, his career's sort of been a, in a bit of a decline. Not to say I think his recent films are bad, I just think they're not as good post yeah. The Dark Knight Rises. But we'll find yeah. out next week. Um, when we'll I'm arguing a seven. Them. Yeah, I, I give it a five. 
I'm not uh, overly into it. Yeah. Um, I had it as a six actually, but I bumped it down to a five. It just bothered me too much, and I just had I just had a lot of problems with it. And unlike the Dark Knight, where I could kind of ignore most of my problems with the Dark Knight, I couldn't with Dark Knight Rises, and I feel like the film suffers from that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. And so, uh, thank you all for joining us. For the second part of Christopher Nolan's filmography, go back, listen to the first one. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. Um, I've not seen Dunkirk yet, and I will also, if I have the time, I will watch Insomnia. So I've seen all of Christopher Nolan's films um, for next week's episode. Yeah, thank you for joining me, Harry, for this one. No problem. I'm keen for the next one. Yeah. So thank you all for listening, and I'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye.